98K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Andrew Shirovsky. The headlines. Mirror's concert producer has apologized for last Thursday's accident, which left two dancers hurt, one critically. An official says eating will not be allowed in the stands during November's Rugby Sevens. And Macau will further lift COVID restrictions after authorities there found no new community infections for nine straight days. Culture Secretary Kevin Young says he expects authorities to be able to find out in one to two weeks why a huge video screen crashed down on performers at the Mirror concert last week. The accident injured two dancers, with one of them still in intensive care. A government task force will hold its first meeting today to discuss the incident. Mr. Young told an RTHK program that it's too early to speculate who's responsible for the accident. Our goal is to find out the basic facts or the cause of the accident in one to two weeks. But people need to understand the examination, which looks into different parts of the concert, will take time. For example, did the cable snap because of metal fatigue or was it cut by another object? Of course, we hope to complete the probe as soon as possible because many people are anxious to know what happened. But we will need to lay it out in accordance with the facts and science. Mirror's concert producer Francis Lamb has released a statement on social media saying he's cooperating with the police and authorities to find out what went wrong. He said the incident was a heavy blow to both him and his team. Mr. Lamb went on to say he was extremely sad to see such an incident happen at a concert he produced. He apologized to the dancer, his family, the audience and people who've been affected. A live event consultant has called for there to be more recognition and support for the events industry in Hong Kong. He also said there needed to be updated guidelines on how to hold large events safely. Robert Rogers said people don't realize how big the sector is and that they are often shoehorned under different categories. There's hundreds of events happening every single day. However, the event industry gets kind of put under lots of different headings. So the tourism events or the exhibitions and conventions fall under one area. Weddings will be looked at as another area. Corporate things will be looked at as another area. And so under the different government departments, we are sort of covered under different areas. But nobody really recognizes the event industry as being as large, substantial, and you know, contributing as much as it does to the Hong Kong economy. Mr. Rogers also warned that the events sector has been decimated by the pandemic because of the government's social distancing restrictions and that many have left the industry. He warned that there is a manpower shortage in the sector and that the industry would be unable to cope with a spike in demand for events. He said there could be more accidents if, at live events if nothing is done to address these problems. People will say, right, we're having an event next week, and you're like, that's just impossible. You know, people, just, just the fact of trying to create the, the collateral for it, they the get the invitations out. It, just the management side uh, is, is one thing. On the safety side, I mean, that is something that we would have to look at is we might see more accidents like this simply because of manpower shortages. You don't have the qualified people to do the job because everybody may be because they're, they're cutting budgets. All of these different factors will, will, you know, will affect us. The Commissioner for Sport, Young Tak Kerung, says the government has been in discussions with the rugby union for the past two months about bringing back the Hong Kong Sevens, which take place in November for the first time since 2019. However, he says that while drinking will be allowed in the stands, eating will not be. The current rule is that um, spectators, uh, they can drink because drinking is necessary. 
um, but uh, they are not allowed to eat. Uh, they need to go to the eating outlet to uh, to consume food, but they can they can drink at the stand. For eating, uh, you, you know, you, you you need to take off your mask, and we want to reduce and minimize the mask off activities at the spectator oh. stands. Well, we want the uh, spectators to observe the rules themselves, and also there will be a uh, the rugby union will send people around to remind people to put back their mask after drinking. The rugby union, which organizes the event, says the sevens will be COVID compliant, meaning under current rules, venue capacity is capped at 85%. The union also said it expects there will be fewer overseas visitors to the tournament this year, given the city's quarantining of arrivals. But its chief executive, Robbie McRobbie, says he anticipates strong local demand for the event. He also said international teams supported being in a closed-loop system. The teams are just really excited to be coming back to Hong Kong. Hong Kong is the spiritual home of the of the World Seven Series, uh, and we've always had a, a wonderful relationship with with the teams. They, they, you know, they want to help us. They want to see the the event come back, uh, and they themselves, are, I think, are, are very excited to be to be back, having the opportunity to run out at Sokong Po in, in that iconic stadium, and and uh, you know, get 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 back to a little bit of the of the Hong Kong mojo. Mr. McRobbie noted that given the expense of these COVID mitigation measures, he hoped the government could extend more support. Clearly, the COVID mitigation measures um, are expensive. There's no getting away from from that. The closed-loop model um, does involve uh, taking over an entire quarantine hotel um, for the duration of the the stay of the teams. Uh, So there there are significant costs that will be incurred through that. Look, we, we we wouldn't have pushed the button if we we weren't confident that we can that it, it, it's both feasible and affordable to go ahead. But um, yes, we will continue to in, to engage with with the government over the coming weeks to see how they can they can help supporters. Macau has announced that it would further relax coronavirus restrictions from tomorrow after the city reported no new community infections for nine straight days. Restaurants can resume dine-in services while businesses such as cinemas, beauty parlors, gyms and bars can reopen. However, authorities said customers must present negative PCR tests done within three days before they eat at restaurants. All government departments will resume normal operations. There have been 1,821 infections in the gambling hub since the Omicron outbreak began in June. More than 700,000 people have tested negative for COVID in the SAR's latest 14th round of mass testing. Overseas now, Myanmar's military leader Min Ong Lin has won approval to extend a state of emergency for six more months. Myanmar has faced turmoil since Aung San Suu Kyi's elected government was ousted in February 2021. The army crushed the protests that followed. Aung Chu Mu is an advisor to the Ministry of Human Rights for the National Unity Government, a political opposition grouping who denounced the Burmese military junta takeover. This is just after... uh executions of four uh, political prisoners, including like prominent uh, uh, political uh, figures uh, and as well as a member of elected member of parliament. So this is very much, uh, again, uh, we expected this uh, and it is illegal. And uh, what from very first place that the the junta may online started to do is illegal. It's against the will of the people of Myanmar. The U.S. House of Representatives Speaker Nancy Pelosi has arrived in Singapore for the start of an Asian tour. She will go on to visit Malaysia, South Korea and Japan. 
Pelosi's office said the trip will focus on mutual security, economic partnership, and democratic governance in the Indo-Pacific region. The American actress Nichelle Nichols, best known for playing Lieutenant Uhura in the original 1960s series of Star Trek, has died at the age of 89. The role was trailblazing with Nichols, one of the first black actresses on American TV to play a figure in authority. Her character famously broke new ground when she shared one of television's first interracial kisses with her white co-star William Shatner, who played Captain Kirk in the series. Speaking back in March 2021, Nichelle Nichols told CBS about her experience working on the series. I knew the world will never be the same again. We would go on to great heights. And to think that I had the slightest thing to do with it makes me know that all things good are possible. In recent weeks, we've heard a lot about the James Webb Space Telescope, and you might have seen some of the spectacular images showing the light from galaxies in the early universe. But there's plenty of other work that the astronomers are involved in. One project that's just got underway is trying to discover where the stars that we see in our own Milky Way galaxy came from. The researchers are using a new instrument called WEAVE, which has been installed on the William Herschel Telescope that's located on a mountaintop on the island of La Palma in the Atlantic Ocean. The BBC's Paula Ghosh reports. Our galaxy, the Milky Way, is a dense spiral swirl of up to 400 billion stars. But it started out as a relatively small collection of them. It grew from successive mergers with other small galaxies over billions of years. WEAVE is a multi-object spectrograph which can analyse the light from a thousand stars every hour. It will use the data it gathers to assess their speed, age and composition. The aim of the five-year project is to reconstruct the entire formation of the Milky Way in unprecedented detail. Researchers also hope the project will lead to a leap forward in our understanding of how other galaxies are made. In finance news, Chinese e-commerce giant Alibaba led technology stocks lower in Hong Kong after U.S. authorities put it on a watch list that could see it delisted in New York if it does not comply with disclosure orders. The market heavyweight sank more than 5% in early trading, pushing it to its lowest level since May and dragging the Hang Seng Tech Index down with it. HSBC says it's aiming to restore dividends payments to pre-COVID-19 as soon as possible, with a plan to revert to quarterly dividends from 2023. It has also announced that it would pay an interim dividend of 9 U.S. cents per share, up almost 29% compared to a year ago and higher than market expectations. This comes as the bank posted an almost 14% rise in first-half profit attributable to shareholders to 8.29 billion U.S. dollars. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 20,176. That's 14 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $64 billion. And in currencies, one U.S. dollar will buy you 132.58 yen. The euro is standing at one U.S. dollar and two cents. The pound is worth nine Hong Kong dollars and 56 cents. And to sport, we start with football and celebration for England's women. In 
England won the year, women's Euro after beating Germany 2-1 in the final at Wembley. Chloe Kelly scored the winner in extra time after Lena Magal erased England's opening goal by Ella Toon. The Lionesses' first major title is also England's first major trophy on the senior level since 1966. Manager Serena Wigman spoke of her pride at winning the competition. It's incredible, isn't it? It's, it's unreal. Um, yes, we had a dream, as of course all the teams that come into the tournament have a dream, and we did it. It's so incredible. I'm so proud of the girls, but also of everyone else in the staff, the support of DFA. Uh, we have done just amazing job. England's win was watched by a record crowd of 87,192, the highest attendance in any European Championship final. Our UK correspondent, Gavin Gray, says England's women are earning respect and admiration from all football fans in the country. At the start of this tournament, lots of people were slightly dismissive of the women's game, mm -hmm. saying, oh, well, you know, it's supported by other women, but the men aren't that interested. Well, let me tell you outside Wembley today, I would say, yes, okay, there were a lot of women and a lot of children in the club, but there were also an awful lot of men wearing England shirts with the names of their female players on the back. So this really has inspired lots of people. I mean, the crowd alone in Wembley, over 87,000. That's the biggest crowd to watch any single Euro uh, football match, whether it's male or female. Um, and I have to say, by the time we've added in, I think, the uh, television viewing figures, we will see a massive, massive crowd that I think will even have surprised the organisers. So not only are they delighted the event has gone off so well, not only are they delighted that they won, but now I think all eyes on the future. What will it mean to young girls watching that thinking, I, I could give that a go, I might be able to play that, and maybe just maybe getting more involved in sports. Away from football, Max Verstappen has won the Hungarian Grand Prix to extend his lead in the Formula One championship. The Red Bull driver finished ahead of the Mercedes pair of Lewis Hamilton and George Russell. The BBC's Harry Benjamin has more details. George Russell for Mercedes held off the two Ferraris in the early stages of the Hungarian Grand Prix, but tyre strategy was the talk of the town and proved crucial in the end, as it was Max Verstappen and his Red Bull, starting 10th, managed his tyres the best, and with the right strategy, worked his way up to win his eighth race of the season. Disaster once again for Ferrari, who despite looking fast, poor strategy calls, seeing both Carlos Sainz and Charles Leclerc off the podium. The two Mercedes of Hamilton and Russell rounded off the podium as Verstappen extends his championship lead to 80 points over Leclerc. And now we'll look at the weather. It will be fine and very hot. Light to moderate southwesterly winds. Tomorrow will continue to be very hot. Expect showers and thunderstorms later this week. The temperature right now is 34 degrees Celsius with the relative humidity standing at 58%. And the very hot weather warning is still in effect. And that's the news from RTHK.
Good afternoon and welcome to the 123 show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Monday afternoon. Monday the 1st of August is today's date. Did you have a good weekend? Well, it's time to start the week again. And this week we're starting the 123 show with a bit of health and fitness as we catch up with fitness coach Nathan Solier and we'll be talking about his top tips to improve our quality of sleep. We all know that sleep is really one of the pillars of fitness. So let's see how we can improve that uh, pillar. He'll be joining us in about 10 minutes or so on Facebook Live. So do join us there if you can. And after the two o'clock news, we'll be chatting with Hong Kong poker prodigy Chan Lok Ming about his winning at his first World Series of poker tournament in Las Vegas. He'll be joining us on Facebook Live as well, just after the two o'clock news. And finally, to end the program, we'll be... uh, 